I want to just spend a few minutes, uh, to, uh, a couple of times during the, the service. In a, in a moment or two, we'll be hearing some of the stories from those who are being baptized, why they're getting baptized today. But I thought it might be helpful if we just think together about um, baptism, what it is. Why? Why? Why are we doing baptism today? What, what's, kind of it, what's going on here? Um, you may have witnessed something like this before. Uh, even those of us who w- watch it regularly, it's always good to be reminded. You know, like when you go to a, a wedding, if you are married, it's good to be kind of reminded of what, what it is that it's about. And those of us who are baptized, who are following Jesus, it's good to be reminded of the roots. Well, I want to think, first of all, about where, where baptism comes from. And if we look into the Bible, into Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, one of the biographies of Jesus, which contains a lot of his teaching and his words. In uh, chapter 28, it's up on the screen, or if you want to follow it in the Bible, you can find it on page 1001. There in uh, verse uh, 18, Jesus uh, says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then the next verse, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the end of the age, the very end of the age. These are Jesus' last words to his uh, disciples. Uh, And he reminded them in these words of what was coming next for them. He told the disciples, I'm expecting you to continue it, to to be making disciples, uh, helping people to follow me. And he says there that that very first step for a new disciple is baptism. He says baptizing them. And then he says they need to learn to obey, to live out the things Jesus has said. And he says you're to baptize people who become disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now these were Jewish people uh, who heard him say this. Jesus uh, uh, grew up in a Jewish background. And baptism, what we're going to see now today, was not new. It wasn't new with Jesus. There was baptism in Judaism. When people wanted to get really serious with God, uh, when they wanted to kind of make a commitment to a fresh start, sometimes when they first took the the step towards becoming Jewish, embracing the Jewish faith, long before if they were men, they were circumcised, there was a kind of baptism kind of ceremony. You may remember John the Baptist, the story in the Gospels of John the Baptist who came preaching a message, telling people to get ready for God. He's saying, if you're, and John the Baptist's message was, if you're serious about God, then you need to get baptized to show that seriousness. So it wasn't new, but it, Jesus gives it a new kind of significance. He's now saying, when people become followers of me, then they're baptized. And they're baptized, he says, in my name. And he puts himself, he says, as the Son, along with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's a very significant placing of himself in the name of God. Muslims and Jews will, will talk about in the name of God. He's saying you want to baptize these people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's kind of putting himself there. <coughs> so he's making it clear that disciples start their following by being baptized. That's what I uh, shared with the children just a while ago. That's why we do it. We do it because Jesus told us to. That's fairly simple. It's part, as believers and followers of Jesus, it's part of our obedience to him. So that's on the, right at the end, just before Jesus uh, left this scene, as it were. He said that to his disciples. 
Then a little while later, just a few weeks later actually, the disciples are on the streets of Jerusalem. And in the book of Acts chapter 2, it's another uh, part of the Bible, it'll come up on the screen, but if you want to follow that, it's on page 1094. Uh, this is telling us what happens when um, a whole bunch of people gather together and one of the disciples, Peter, explains something to them about Jesus. A large crowd, t- he tells them that Jesus is raised from the dead. There it is. Um, up there. Let all Israel know God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And he's been talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. And Peter's telling the people there, he's the one God promised would come. He's the one that you're all looking forward to God sending to bring us into right relationship with him. And and Peter says, he's the one. He came. He's saying to us, he came. He's come. God's done something amazing. He sent Jesus, his son. And then he said, we killed him. And And it hits the people who hear really hard because some of them probably would have been at the cross or around there, seeing Jesus on his way to get executed. And there, it says, verse 37, they're really cut when they hear it. They think, oh, no, this is, what are we going to do? What a terrible thing we've done. How could we have missed that, you know? And Peter said, well, I'll tell you what you need to do. In verse 37, he says, you need to repent and be baptized. And if you repent, if you turn back to God, you'll be forgiven and you'll receive God's life. You'll receive the Holy Spirit in your life. And a lot of people hearing really get that. And in verse, because verse 41 tells us a little bit down there, it says, those who accepted his message, there it is there on the screen, halfway through. Those people really got it. They think, yeah, that, yeah I get that. And they are then what? Baptized. They accepted the message. They thought, yeah, this is true. I can see this. It applies to me. I need to turn to God. I need this forgiveness that Peter has been talking about. They may have remembered some of the stuff Jesus said or whatever. But anyway, they said, I need to do something. And they turned to God and they got baptized. And that's kind of how it continues right up to today. So why are believers baptized? Well, because like these people, those people, these people, which way I'm pointing on the screen, we've accepted the message. We said, yeah, that's true. I realize that. I've got questions, but I'm going to commit to following Jesus. We've turned to God. We've asked his forgiveness, and we obey Jesus, who says that if we're followers of him, we get baptized. So I suppose in terms of the first question, we could ask, well, if that's you, if you're in that position... If you're that kind of follower and you haven't been baptized, then you want to think about why not. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? Don't you want to obey Jesus? Isn't that something we want to do? I thought that was what being a believer was all about. Well, I'll let you think about that. But that's where baptism comes from. That's what it is. That's why we do it. It's a sign of new life with Christ. It's a sign of the beginning. It's a declaration of intent. We'll come back in a minute and think about uh, what it means. But that's why. Well, uh, let me just spend a a few more minutes thinking now. We thought about why baptism. Now, I wanted us to think about what baptism means. It's a symbol, as I keep saying. But but what does it mean? You know, what is, is it a symbol about? 
And, and to find out, we need to look at, into another bit of the New Testament. This is in the book of Romans, in chapter 6, and then uh, uh, verse um, 3 to 4. That's on, if you want to follow, on page 1132. Uh, and now we're turning to the writings of uh, the man who became known as St. Paul by much of the church. He, he, was, he lived at the same time of Jesus, but he met Jesus um, after the resurrection, after Jesus returned to heaven. He had an amazing encounter with Jesus for himself one day. Uh, and he, 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 he's on the scene uh, writing and, and teaching around. Jesus was crucified about A.D. 33. Certainly by the early 50s A.D., Paul is writing. You know, he's not making stuff up afterwards. There's a whole body of, of information and of teaching being passed on. And Paul is working out, uh, and, and, and the church are working out as Paul and others are helping them the significance of the words and the teaching and the life of Jesus. And this is one of these page, uh, places where he's speaking to believers, believers in Rome. That's why it's called the Book of Romans. Um, these were people who weren't there in Jerusalem at the time that we read earlier, but who have subsequently in Rome come to become followers of Jesus. In verse 3 he says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And then in verse 11, he says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do you notice Paul uses that phrase, baptized into Christ, to describe their being Christians. He says that Christians are people who are kind of especially connected to Christ. Especially, Paul says in these verses, if you read around them, to Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection. And Christians are saying, we've come to understand and to believe that Jesus died for me and that my old way of life is kind of buried like he was. And I'm alive now to a new way of life with him. Not just a way of life, but an actual new life with him. Because he, his power, as we just uh, sung, is living in me by the Holy Spirit. And that's, uh, that whole kind of business is, is described as being baptized into Christ. Jesus, uh, a believer, is saying, has made it possible for me to break with the past and to know new life. And baptism is the sign of that. It's what happens. Or it's, it's a picture of what happens is... Uh, these people in a moment will, well, they'll, they'll be up there and then they'll, they'll be asked a question and they'll go into the water and then they're going to be kind of buried in water, okay? It can be immersed in water. So uh, um, David, one of the other leaders of the church, and, and Sarah, one of the, the youth leaders who's worked with Jess, will, will be, there, be there and they're going to kind of tip them back under and then bring them up again. Uh, and then they're going to get out of the pool and we'll walk off. We'll pray for them and have some other things that happen. And in that, it's a very powerful symbol, especially we can't really do it, but imagine they came, went in that way and came out that way. That would be a bit like, in the second, how much time I've got? I'm going to tell a story. Okay, in the second century, very quickly, 
uh, in the second century, not right the early days of the church, but later on, the church used to baptize people in rivers. And they used to do it whereby people would start on one side of the river and they go into the river, hopefully it wasn't too deep, and then they go out the other side of the river. And they'd actually leave their, they'd have a suit, you know, outer clothing, they'd leave it on one side, and the believers would give them a new set of clothes on the other side as a kind of symbol of kind of leaving one way and and being identified with Jesus in his death and his resurrection and going out the other side. That's what all this being buried in water, coming up out of it, is telling us. So baptism means that someone is connected with Christ. He's the center of their life, as, uh, as we've already heard them say. doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. None of us are as believers. But it does mean that we're wanting to walk with Jesus and know his help. He makes it possible for us to live a new life. So in verse 11 it says... Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And one other part of the Bible where this same man is writing, Colossians 2, um, and he's writing again to some Christians about the same time as the Roman Christians, they're all in the first century. And that's on page, uh, and I find it myself, it's on page uh, 1183 in the Church Bible, so it's coming on the screen. It's the same idea. I'm going to read. Verse um, 12. Having been buried with him, that's with Jesus, in baptism, and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Here's that same idea then about baptism being buried with Christ. Old life gone, resurrected to a new way of life. Why? Because in verse 12 it says, by faith. Your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. These people are saying, I'm trusting myself to God. But I'm trusting myself to the God who raised Jesus from the dead. I'm not trusting myself to some idea about God, some kind of vague idea, but about a God who's done something in history uh, which actually is uh, not totally provable because nothing ever is in history. But if you look at the evidence, it's possible to come to a conclusion that it's more likely that Jesus did rise from the dead than something else happened. There's evidence that backs it up. It's not a non-evidence thing. You don't, faith isn't just jumping without any evidence at all, as Max has said. He didn't have kind of the kind of evidence he was looking for as an atheist, but other kinds of evidence started creeping in. And part of that whole stream is the, the historic, historical basis of Jesus' death and his resurrection. So how does it all happen? Well, these verses tell us how it happens. In Look at verse 13. It's a very interesting phrase there. Verse 13. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. It goes on to say in verse 15. He disarmed the powers of evil. That's what that's about. All that happened at the cross. And God did it. Through Jesus' death. And through his resurrection. That's how we can be forgiven. That's how we can know God in his life. That's how we can be back in the place he made us to be. Because he's dealt with the problem. So we can be forgiven. And he makes us alive to him. 
Something that God did at the cross as we've sung about it and something God does in our lives as he touches us in the present. There's a lot of talk here about forgiveness and about sin. What do we think about that? As, uh, Ma- uh, was it Max or Jess said, you know, Christianity sometimes is like having this big list of things that you mustn't do. And we think about sin when we hear of it or we sing about it as, as like a list of, you know, really bad, bad activities. But it isn't really that. It's simply loving the wrong things. It's loving yourself instead of God. It's turning away from loving God, loving ourselves. It's worshipping me and my ambitions and what I want and the center of my life being myself and other people, if I remember or if you know, I'm being particularly altruistic, I'll try and fit other good stuff in. But fundamentally, it's about being consumed by ourselves. And everything else flows out, out of it. Someone has described it as, as the kind of human propensity to mess things up. <laughs> the human kind of propensity to mess things up is what, in a way, the Bible means by sin. And, and the Bible says Jesus has dealt with that. He deals with it in himself. And God grants forgiveness as we turn from sin and trust him. So God has done something in history. And we get connected into that as we respond to God, as we turn to him. He brings about like a new little new resurrection in our own experiences. And we come alive to him. That's what a believer is. Someone who has, as it says, come alive to God. That's what these stories you've just heard were about. Coming alive to God. Knowing him in our lives. Knowing the presence of something that's real. Actually, someone who's real. Bringing about real change. So what does baptism mean? It means that all that Jesus is and has done touches the life of someone who is now following him because they've turned to him. That's what baptism means. Baptism means that God has made that person, as they've turned to Christ, alive through Jesus. The bonds of living outside of God's way have been broken, and we live in him. And the Holy Spirit, his presence, God's power, the person of God is at work in our lives, bringing that new life and living it out as Jesus lives in us. That's what baptism means. At least that's some of it. There's a lot more. There's always more to learn. May God help us understand clearly.